It's almost unfair the power that music has, with its uncanny ability to access the entire person, body, soul, and mind. It can define moments and set moods, cement memories, alter mindsets, elicit tears, compel movement, initiate trances. It can do all these things and so much more. A skilled practitioner of musical arts has at their disposal an expansive array of tools that are uniquely capable of manipulating the human experience. Music is a visceral thing, a bodily thing. It's experienced primarily through the sense of hearing, but it can also be felt. Literal waves of sound can pass through our bodies, can enter us, and they can create all sorts of reactions from pinpoints of goose flesh on our forearms to stopping us in our tracks to compelling us to sway, bob, snap, and stroll in rhythm. From the conductor of a symphony keeping perfect time with her baton in hand to the dancer on the floor of a club pulsing with the bass tones that make hearing anything else impossible, music is heard and felt in our bodies, and it has a way of coaxing control from us. It can even activate other senses in people who experience synesthesia. A certain musical interval will cause them to see the color red or smell smoke when there isn't any. Music is emotional and physical, and it engages the body in powerful ways. Music is a mental thing, an intellectual thing. Its origin is in the mind. We can conceive of melodies in our head, and before we've even translated them from brain data to notes played on an instrument, we can imagine harmony and tempo and volume, and some especially talented folks can envision entire symphonies before even a note is written. It's an art, yes, but also a science and a math. There are patterns and rules to be understood, and then mastered, and then outmaneuvered, because we can break the rules to create something new, more complex, more evocative. It can concretize memories forever. There are Alzheimer's patients whose cognitive abilities are all but dissipated, but for whom a song can trigger not just the recollection of melody and lyrics, but a whole flood of memory associated with that specific time in their lives. Music is technical and scientific, and it engages the mind in powerful ways. Music is a spiritual thing, an energy thing. It can often be the fastest point of access to the parts of us that we call soul or heart, bypassing mental and physical boundaries and tapping into the well of imagination and vitality that fuels our passion and empathy and our feelings of connectedness and our deepest desires. The emotion that is conveyed in a voice or a well-played instrument, the profundity of a powerful lyric sung amid a swell of symphonic sound, the occupation of space that might otherwise be filled by silence or cacophony, music marks these moments that we call divine. It can emblemize yearning or celebration or despair or adoration or any number of preponderant and mysterious sensitivities that are symptomatic of soul work. Music is transcendent and intuitive, and it engages the spirit in powerful ways. It's almost unfair. Music can hold so much sway over our reactions and realizations and resonances that it can convince us that a belief is actually a truth. We fall in love to songs that convince us that some kind of feeling is all that's needed to make a romantic relationship last. We conjure pride and nationalism and even feelings of 
icky superiority through anthems that sustain our invented myths of countries and borders and patriotism. We even have visions of God as music beckons us in churches, at altar calls, revivals, sitting stoically in hard-backed pews while we intone a hymn, or rejoicing in the aisles to rock and gospel anthems. It's almost unfair that so many of us first encounter the overwhelming power of music in places that use it to literally underscore an inflexible, oppressive religious system. A skilled practitioner of musical arts has at their disposal an expansive array of tools uniquely capable of manipulating the human experience. And an organized coalition of these practitioners, who use their musical skills to reaffirm the invention of a vengeful god who requires unquestioned allegiance from the sin-stained masses, that kind of power can do some serious damage. The work of deconstructing bad religion can sometimes feel endless, because bad religion has been very good at using every tool and weapon in its arsenal to prop up its foundational falsehoods. That you are bad, sinful to the core. That you are incapable of redeeming yourself. That you cannot trust your own heart or your own intuition. That there is but one exclusive path to wholeness, which they call salvation. That once you find salvation, it is your irrevocable duty to coerce, convince, collect as many other people as your time on earth permits into the fold. That ultimately, this life is merely training ground and a waiting room for the next. These foundational falsehoods are drilled into us, and music is one of the most powerful ways these messages are delivered. They permeate body, mind, and soul, defining moments, setting moods, cementing memories, altering mindsets, eliciting tears, compelling movement, initiating trances, and so much more. I will never not want to sing along when I hear Amazing Grace or Holy, Holy, Holy. My reactions are involuntary. The melodies evoke powerful memories, and the music creates a feeling that I want to follow. At least until I reach the parts of the songs where I must proclaim myself a wretch or affirm that the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see. At these moments, the feeling turns sour and curdles because I know from my years of deconstructing, of pulling apart brick by brick the foundational falsehoods that bad religion constructed in me, that these untruths were written into the curriculum of my childhood in order to control me, to prescribe my truth, and to keep me docile when confronted with religious authority. It's no wonder that music is one of the universal ways that we tend to rebel. The adolescent generation is always playing music that their parents find grating or obscene or just not as good as their own generation's music. But it doesn't matter because the new music is activating something in the new generation. It's tapping into the parts of the body, mind, and soul that have been overlooked or oppressed by the cultures that raised us. To be fair, our musical rebellions aren't always massive pendulum swings. <laughs> My big rebellion was buying Natalie Merchant's debut solo record, Tiger Lily, which was the first album I ever bought outside of a Christian bookstore. I know a Lilith Fair-era folk rock singer-songwriter might not seem like the most revolutionary of choices for a kid to tune into, but for me, belting out a line like, 
I must be one of the wonders of God's own creation. Is a far cry from calling myself a wretch too sinful to even see God's glory. Because, bitch, I am God's glory. Music is a whole person experience, a full body, mind, spirit adventure, a thing so powerful it's almost not fair. And both making it and listening to it are among the great joys of being human. It's meant to make us feel, to move, to experience. No music has ever been written without an agenda. A love song is supposed to make us feel sentimental. A national anthem is intended to make us feel proud and patriotic. And religious music is designed to make us feel connected to the deity we believe in. If you were brought up on the music of bad religion, the 80s punk rock band, well, you're probably doing great. Keep it up. Good job. But if you were brought up on the music of bad religion, the oppressive, distorted, evangelical, fundamentalist take on Christianity that turns so many of us into heathens, well, this is just your regular reminder that you are not alone and that there are a lot of us out here with shitty worship songs that get stuck on repeat in our heads and hymns that try to blame us for killing Jesus and choruses loaded with enough patriarchal language to keep toxic masculinity alive for another generation. I don't know exactly the best way to deconstruct and heal from the foundational falsehoods that were delivered to us in our music growing up. Like everything, I imagine that it looks a little different for each of us, with a whole bunch of overlap, too. For me, as someone who has been what I used to call a worship leader most of my life, I just know that I want to bring music to the room that helps people feel at home in their bodies. You know, safe, and perfect, and whole. And music that lets their minds examine, or wander, or wonder, or do whatever their mind needs to do in that moment. And music that adds a spiritual dimension to the gathering without trying to sell beliefs as truths. Sometimes that means we sing Dixie Chicks at church, and other times that means I do a rewrite on an old hymn like Be Thou My Vision, so that it's less plea to a very patriarchal deity and more love song to our own intuition. Whatever's working for you, I hope you're finding the music that brings oxygen to your whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Today's guest on the podcast, by the way, Jake Wesley Rogers, is certainly a great place to start if you're looking for something that will do just that. And by the way, if anyone has a better moniker for worship leader that encapsulates this whole idea of music making as a whole person, body, mind, spirit, healing from foundational falsehoods received in bad religion, well, I'd love to hear it because that's a fucking mouthful. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Karen. What do you have? What do you have there? <laughs> I have these gorgeous um, tarot cards that I recently <laughs> received. <laughs> oh, we do like a good tarot card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These, are, these are different. I haven't seen this I know before. you haven't seen them. That's... <laughs> They are actually featuring the uh, the eff effigy. 
image image the face of our guest today (laughs) (laughs) sounds like he died i don't think it means that he died but it sounds that way jake wesley rogers is very much alive on the other line uh, (laughs) talking to us right now so hi jake hello (laughs) welcome to heathen thank you so excited (laughs) that that you are here that you said yes um so i i'll just like say how we got here i um you know, like everybody these days, I have Spotify playlists that I listen to. And um, I don't even know what I'm listening to half the time. Songs just come on. And <laughs> there's there was a song that had been in my playlist for a while called Evergreen. And I was like, oh, I really like this jam every time it comes on. It's singing along. But I have no idea who sings it. Um, and then uh, I think because I listened to Evergreen so much, one day Spotify uh, recommended to me another song. <laughs> Um, like Spotify will do. Like Spotify is prone to she do. Knows. She knows. She knows, baby. <laughs> and uh, oh my God, this song came on. And you became moderately obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, first I hit the floor, like in the middle of this song. Um, and actually, I, I meant to ask you this at the beginning, Jake, but hopefully you don't mind if we use a couple clips of your music in the conversation. Oh, please. please Fantastic, because yeah. I do want to uh, weave in some samples oh, of this so yeah. people know they exactly what I'm talking about. But this song, Jacob from the Bible, came on and literally had me in tears by the end. Mm. It just just stopped everything, stopped my day. Mm. Um, and I did. I went down the internet rabbit hole of like, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> Died a small death and yeah. sent me text messages. I did. I sent Karen all these text <laughs> messages. Listen to Amazing. this immediately. Um, immediately <laughs> sent you an email that said something to the effect of, hi, you just killed me with this song. Do you want to be on my podcast? I think your subject was, your song murdered me. Do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> that, Which that is was, not odd at no, all. That's perfectly that was, normal was behavior. really actually one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> I'm a yeah. very professional podcast. <laughs> Dude, what? Come beyond the podcast. Um, and you said yes. So I'm so, so stinking happy that we get to have this conversation oh, and get to know too. you a little bit. Um, Talented too. and brave. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So Jake Wesley Rogers, um, we love to have our guests uh, introduce themselves on Heathen. That is so that you get to kind of set the stage and be who you want to be and um, let people know whatever it is that you would like for uh, them to know about you before we dive into the real shit. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm going to do my best. I was thinking <laughs> about what I was going to say, but I was like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we're going with it. Um, my name is Jake Wesley Rogers. I'm 22 years old. I'm from Missouri, uh-huh. but I live in Nashville now and I've been here about three and a half years and I'm an artist, uh, a singer, piano player, um, and amateur tarot card reader, um, <laughs> and visual artist sometimes, and and that's me. Those, I mean, those are those are the big things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a human, a a gay human. Mm. Um, yeah, just living my best life in the South, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, from Missouri. That's awesome. What part? Uh, Springfield, Missouri. Okay, right on. I lived in St. Louis for a little bit. Uh, nice. About about a year. It was Indeed. it was uh, up and down time for me. I moved there with uh, my. I had I was with someone, so my ex went to school oh, wow. there, and I moved moved there, and then it kind of all went to shit. So I have like good initial memories of Missouri, and then like <laughs> really bad. And then the dark, dark, <laughs> dark days at the end. Oh man, but, um, Missouri Missouri's a wild place. Yeah, it's I, I loved the um. 
Well, we lived right next to Forest Park. Uh, oh, yeah. Is that, is that what it is? Forest Park in St. Louis, which was gorgeous. And then uh, is it the Katy Trail, the, the bike trail? Yeah. Like, it's like the longest um, yeah. bike trail or something in the States. Yeah, my, my brother's really into um, riding and everything mm. outdoorsy and I feel like he's probably just done it a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, gone yeah. across the state on it. He's he's very fit, um, unlike <laughs> me. But that's okay. All athletic people. <laughs> that's okay. That's a okay. It's everybody's yeah. got their place, you know. It's people true. have yeah. to do that. And if exactly. he does it, then I don't have to, and that's great. Balance exactly. continues in the world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was gorgeous. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm happy to be in San Diego again. Um, I'm, I'm jealous today. It's very rainy in Nashville. Yeah. 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 We, we've had a rainy winter, but today is classic <laughs> San Diego weather. So I am... We say we've had a rainy winter, which means like it rained for three weeks here. <laughs> off and on. Like collectively, we probably had maybe three works, weeks worth of days of rain. That's true. But we are... Everything our, in perspective. Yeah. Are our you guys perspective okay? of reality. I know. Thank you. Um, for We're your, getting back to normal. Thank you for your concern. We are... If everyone could send care packages. Thoughts and prayers. That would be great yeah of course. Uh, <laughs> thoughts are very <laughs> no send us stuff come on um <laughs> meanwhile um all right so let's start with the tarot cards because we already did and i'm i'm still holding wait them. did you order my tarot cards i did look you signed, a little, you wrote you on signed them. a little note wait oh my god <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was like that I was me i remember writing that but well, no, i do I mean, remember writing that i just now i I'm That's, putting it all together. It's there all good. To be fair, Matthew was like, I think, the most popular name in 1982, which was the year I was born. So, oh, well, Jacob was the most popular name in 96, apparently. There you go. Wow. Was there you go. The most popular? No, for sure not. No? Karen was the most popular name in like 1960 something. Oh, <laughs> which is great. Um, I have everybody's mom's name. So it's I fun. Love That's that. cute. Yeah. It's my own. It's oh mine. There was like one other Karen in my school. Yes. Yeah. It's useful. Well, yeah. That is good, actually. Yeah. Been all right. This. Is, why do we always wind up talking about my name? Because you, <laughs> because you change the e yeah, to the y, no, and it's, it's a, a whole thing. thing. Okay. Mm. Meanwhile, so these tarot cards, though. So then, is this you? Like, is this your art on here? Yeah. You did yeah, these. These I, are gorgeous. Oh, thank you so much. I was. Do, I did a, a video for Jacob from the Bible where I wanted the theme of the video to be like tarot cards throughout. So hmm. yeah, I just drew them. It's, it's very fun. A, it's a gorgeous Perfect. video. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put links, obviously, to your music and to videos and things like that in okay. the show notes. So listeners, as you're listening, just go ahead and browse those things. And um, But I wanted to ask about these because I didn't even I hadn't even seen the video for Jacob from the Bible. Um, the, the way I came to know about these was through one day you did. Um, and and I, I'm guessing this is probably something you do frequently. Uh, you got on your Instagram stories and you were like, okay, I'm doing tarot readings. Everybody, you know, like yeah. hit me up, hit me up. Yeah. And you did like, like live, like readings for folks via Instagram, which I thought was so cool. Hmm. Oh, thank you. What, I mean, yeah. How'd you, what inspired that? Well, okay. I only got my deck like three months ago, so I'm very, very new in it still, but I think I've just been trying to, I literally keep them on me like all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I'm just like at coffee with someone like, and they like have a problem. Maybe it's just easier for me to like do a tarot reading than give good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I got my first deck in, in New York earlier this year. And um, I don't know. I think I've always kind of 
and I think most people do have a very, very love hate relationship with social media. Like, especially when you're kind of using it to promote your art. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I have always kind of struggled with being like, Oh, am I actually being authentic here? Am I, am I engaging with people in a way that's a way I, I truly want to engage. And when I, when I had the idea of like, Oh, I could like just do a day every now and then. Right. People can ask the question or read a tarot card. Like it kind of, it kind of clicked for me. I was like, Oh, this can be like a really cool tool to connect with people. And yeah. I've only done it twice so far. Cause it really does take like a full day because um, a lot of people are very interested in, in tarot and um, people are very vain, me included. So uh, <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to know, but I don't know. It's very like, and I do still kind of feel the power of the cards in those instances. And I, mm. I do like, I take it seriously even when it's kind of, through instagram but right yeah yeah it's it's fun it's really fun i'll do another one soon i'm sure i love it it's we we um one of the things we do on this show is um kind of explore some of the things that we karen and i both grew up in super conservative evangelical fundamentalist uh upbringings and so in that world obviously there's a ton of things that are taboo and off limits and, you know, will lead you down the path to Satan. And, um, so, uh, we do episodes where we, uh, we call them slippery slopes, uh, where mm-hmm. we do the things that were, you know, always the slippery slopes that you're supposed to avoid and do not mm-hmm. engage with the occult. Cetera, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah. So that was our introduction to tarot. Uh, last year, actually, we, we had somebody come on the show and Micah. give us a reading Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so fantastic. We cried. Yeah, we did. Both yeah, cried. there's always tears. tears. Not always yeah. tears, but there she, there are tears. Well, and she had this beautiful deck that was gorgeous and like yeah. all of its magical. Yeah. Yeah. Like an, an artist from Portland, I think. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like, because I, I, have, I have seen that and I, I guess I just never... I never have thought of the deck even in a religious way. I mm-hmm. think I think it's it's more just a tool for my mindfulness and I like if you talk to somebody who really doesn't know anything about it, they're like, Oh, are those like fortune telling cards? And I'm like right. Oh, um uh No, like not at all. Like it doesn't these cards aren't like predicting the future in any way. Like it tells a story and then you still have the power. Um, to control your story, which is really beautiful. Right. And this kind of taps, I think it taps your subconscious in a way that you usually need. Um, I choose to kind of believe that, that something, I, I think it's more fun to believe that something is speaking through them. And I've just kind of had a few experiences where I'm like, Oh my God, that's really creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and amazing. And it kind of just feels more like a, like a, a guide of some sort or an angel or whatever is, uh, um, trying to say something which yeah. i think is comforting yeah yeah you know that's uh, fantastic let's um can we talk a little bit about your upbringing and what uh yeah. what your spiritual background looked like uh, what if, if you grew up in any kind of faith structure of any yeah. sort i mean i i grew up in missouri which is the very <laughs> very bible belt <laughs> yeah yes um and but I mean, my my family, I was raised Methodist, which 
I feel like lately I've been like, wow, it's just, it's just very watered down. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people probably consider it kind of one of the more progressive mm-hmm. denominations. And, you know, lately I've been, I, I think it's, sometimes I'm like, I wish they would actually come out with what they really think. You know, I mm. feel like it, they're one of those like, oh yeah, everyone's welcome, but yeah. right. what's really going on here? If so you dig, yeah. But that being said, I mean, I I never, I didn't have like that, that really, really negative, terrible experience that I know a lot of people have had and especially a lot of queer people have had. Hmm. That being said, though, it was all around me. And even though I didn't go to those churches and towns in town that were like, culty <laughs> i know right. it's the yeah. wrong no, i'll the wrong word say but, cult here it's fine um totally fine <laughs> even though i didn't it was just everywhere and like for instance like in my town in missouri there was a a non-discrimination act that was passed and it was one of those like three years ago like one of the the trans bathroom bills mm-hmm. um uh it was also like gay couples can't be discriminated for buying a house together like for just like baseline basic equality, human rights basic yeah. human rights and one of the mega churches in town took it upon themselves to create a whole campaign to get it overturned mm. yeah. um and you know this church that they have like four campuses and like probably twenty thousand members like spoke about it for weeks leading up and like handed out these really hateful signs that like had pictures of just like big men in a bathroom with like a little girl like mm. Like, really, just some of the most, like, hateful stuff right. I've seen. And just, like, kind of seeing that. And it, it, anyway, it ended up being overturned by a pretty narrow margin. But still, it was, like... So, I mean, and I think just growing up in Missouri, too, even though I had parents that kind of grew with me, mm-hmm. um, when I initially tried to come out when I was in sixth grade, it wasn't the best experience and but when I kind of came out again (laughs) four years later my parents had taken the time I think to because you I don't know you I've realized you have to give people grace in those situations especially like it was like 2008 like a lot has changed man so Mm -hmm. much and I was 11 and I was like yeah I'm gay it was kind of like um, I think you're too young to know that. Mm. But when you think about it, like, I don't think most people would know that when you're 11, you know that, or when you're four, you know, you know that. Yeah. So, I mean, no, but that being said, like that experience, just being around that, I think I learned to hide certain parts of me pretty well, yeah. even though I wasn't hiding them for my life. I, I've kind of unpacked recently, like, the ways it's made me fear being open and, and vulnerable and, you know, hiding my, my femininity, which I feel like I'm kind of starting to embrace again and, um, and all of that. So, I mean, that was kind of my experience. And I grew up, like I did grow up singing in church. Like my family started going to this non-denominational church that actually my boyfriend in high school, his dad was the pastor, which is hmm. pretty funny. So that being said, <laughs> it was very, uh, it was a very like open church. <laughs> um and i loved that because i knew what was going on there what yeah. it was small and it it wasn't like like the hot dog factory like 
how is this actually being made? What do you guys think behind closed doors? And then, and I, th- I would, I think I would have def, I definitely consider myself a Christian then. Um, and I think I needed it for a lot of high school just because mm-hmm. of all of this stuff I was going through. And, and then I came to college and I <laughs> left it all. <laughs> <laughs> left it all. It was kind of just a really confusing time. And mm. I'm kind of just picking up the pieces now and being like, oh, that's really beautiful. Like, that's a really beautiful part of it. And that makes me feel good. And, oh, and kind of like re looking at the narrative, like, I, I was, when I, growing up, they said, like, this type of person was bad. And they used this Bible passage to say it. I'm like, oh, I think this passage is not saying those people are bad at all. And right. I don't know, just kind of like, you kind of have to retrain all those little things you learn. Totally. So that's where I am now. And I, I, I don't, I do not go to church now. And I think it would be really hard for me to find a church that I, um, feel feel like I can just truly be comfortable. I know there's the thing about Nashville is there's so many of these kind of like hip churches. Yeah. Like, I'm sure they're everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. But for sure Nashville. Like I can yeah, totally see definitely. that being a Yeah, it's like like, oh yeah, we're young, we're cool, we're progressive. Um you can wear Birkenstocks. And <laughs> but then when I, I've gone to a few Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't I don't, this doesn't feel, mm. feel right. But yeah. I've developed such a beautiful spirituality, I think, on my own. Um, that I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of proud of myself for just developing. And, mm. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't have, I, I, I feel very grateful to, that I didn't have the, the experience growing up that was like, I have nowhere to go. Mm. Like, because I always had best friends that were the most supportive and a nuclear family that was the most supportive. Mm. Um, But even then your environment kind of, kind of fucks with you in (laughs) many ways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So that's where I am now. (laughs) Mm. I love how, I love that you said I'm proud. Like I'm proud of myself for the spirituality I've developed. I think that's um, such a, I think it's such an important part of being a human is taking ownership of your own soul as opposed to, mm-hmm. especially just in, in the climate and culture that we, we grow up in, in America, where so much of America is dominated by this, what by whatever kind of Christian church, because there's a lot of them, obviously, but churches yeah. that, that are here to tell you how to be, uh, what your soul is for, <laughs> you know, what to do with it. Um, we don't, we're not, we're never trained in those. Uh, I, I think that's one of the common themes we've found in, in these conversations that we have with folks every week is that no one's trained in their churches to like, listen to their own intuition, to um, yeah. figure things out in any way for themselves. It's like the right. answers are given to us. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, and the common theme with all of the people that we talk to is they're never satisfied or happy until they do that. Like until, until you go through that process, it's just. Yeah. Until mm. you take it all apart and put it all back together mm. and with the pieces exactly. that work for you and speak to you. And 
and God forbid you should develop a spiritual practice that's uniquely meaningful to you, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> like what a terrible right. idea. Yeah, um, exactly. And I kind of like, you know, like when you start to look at the church as a, as a business too, like, you know, if you're telling people, oh, you need to go with your intuition, mm. then what if their intuition is like, I need to get the hell out of this church? <laughs> what you know, do you sell like, them at that point? Yeah. What? Yeah. So when really, I think I view, and I think Tara's helped me realize this, and my intuition is something that's divine. Mm-hmm. And that's been like the most amazing part of it all mm. is like that voice and that gut is like, that is what feels greater than me just as a human. And, um, and that's when I feel most, you know, connected to something bigger and, um, yeah. And that's something I was never really told by any, any pastor or church leader. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think people would just, (laughs) they would benefit so much from hearing that in a, in a spiritual setting, but you know, (laughs) <laughs> we do <laughs> unfortunately yeah. well, I mean, know. you've got some solid iconography here you could just start something yeah. <laughs> start a church right perfect you've got a couple great stained glass options right here oh yeah and, thank you uh, <laughs> you're on your way oh my god why is um the title of your ep is spiritual right yeah so why <laughs> Yeah, like well, what it's it's clearly like spirituality is like super important to you. Like yeah. that's what I get when I listen to your music, and um, I'm just yeah. so I'm so curious as to what drove that. I mean, I I actually didn't name it until like like two weeks before we had to like put it up on this like like upload everything so mm-hmm. it'd be like out on time and mm. um. And it didn't feel like right at first because I was like, I don't, I just felt so like, I don't know, like I told my manager and, um, and he's like, great, but he just wants to make sure, like, I feel like he kind of knows my intuition while he's like, like, he's like, just think about it for a little bit longer and make sure. And, and then I kind of started saying, oh, I was like, spirit, spirit, like, I think that's it. And I think the reason, um, it is called that is because I like a lot of the songs are just about lessons I've had to learn and hard, hard things I've gone through. And when I look at them from where I am now, it all just felt so spiritual and connected. Mm -hmm. And I looked at like that tiny thing that happened to me when I was 15 that meant so much to me then and really devastated me. And then I look at me now, someone who kind of smiles at the problem that I had, but it's like, I just felt this connection to the, like the past that felt very, like the only word to describe it was spiritual. Mm. And there is such like, I mean, I wrote like a lot of other songs during that time. And I wrote this one song like about breaking up with my ex. So that's what it was for the most part. But the last verse was like, sometimes it seems so spiritual like when you're lost in the wilderness and it's like that, that kind of summed it up for me. Like, cause you do kind of feel like a holiness when you're just completely like, like you're at the bottom. Right. Wow. So that's, 
kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like that it's like a play on work. Like there are a lot of Christ motifs throughout the whole, <laughs> yeah. whole project. But uh, I mean, I, I look at it like, I mean, you guys can see above me, I have like a <laughs> painting above me. I just have, I have a lot of, I find a lot of comfort in like that Renaissance era, terrible, like not correct Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's probably problematic, but <laughs> first, I just I do find a lot of like I have prob- I have a lot of a lot of Jesus and saints around hmm. my house. Yeah. It just makes it makes me feel at peace. But I don't really think about religion when I see them. Right? right. Maybe I think of how it's kind of comforted people for thousands of years. Hmm. It's the same reason I like like to go to the cathedrals when I go to cities. It's like. Yeah even though I'm not Catholic and literally never will be, I walk in there and like, you can just kind of feel on your skin. Like people have been praying here for hundreds of years. And that's like, that's magical. So I think that's part of it, but yeah, Mm. I just don't, I don't people. And I also think, cause I've started wearing like this kind of vintage cross necklace and cross rings lately. And I, I think it's just kind of funny that like, like, you know, I wear pretty like flamboyant gay shit and but then I have this cross necklace and mm-hmm. I just I love I love to think that there's probably a couple people in the day that see me, see everything else, and then they see the cross necklace and they're like, wait. Right. Like maybe they're offended at first. Yeah. Right. Are challenged at least by the A challenge, yeah. yeah. I, I it's kind of like a commentary on the cross necklace. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, so yep. Anyway, that was a very, very long answer. No, I love it. I think it's gorgeous. I love, I love the way that you kind of, because I mean, obviously, like in your Instagram account and all those echoes of that kind of Renaissance iconography and mm-hmm. imagery, yeah. you know that. And I love the way you play with it. I think that there's something really beautiful in taking that and making it your own. Um, yeah, and making Thank it you. relevant, you know, to what you're doing in the story. And I don't know. I love that challenge. The challenge of, you know, having that cross show up where people wouldn't expect it to be yeah. i think we yeah. need that we need to be jarred out of and making it queer i think that's fun yes. <laughs> i think it's really fun to make it queer like yeah. madonna made it sexual in the 80s and i was like right. okay let's make it queer now yes <laughs> sounds oh, so fun <laughs> thank goodness we so need that like that is yeah <laughs> desperately needed <laughs> trying my best <laughs>
it's just wild that there is such a sense that you can't play with these things, right? They're so sacred. They're so holy or whatever. But that's what different groups of people have done for 2,000 years. Like, yeah. none of this iconography, none of the um, dogma or doctrine or any of it existed when Jesus the person was doing his thing. Um like that's all just been created and layered on and layered on and layered on. And so why do we have the reaction that we do when someone wants to like add a new layer or, you know, shine a new light or shift the perspective a little bit, queer it up a little bit. Like there's no, it's, it's, I mean, I do know, I I know why people (laughs) are stuck in that, that frame of thinking because I was, I was in that for so long myself, but you know, it, if you can just pull back a little bit, it's like, it's silly for us to be, I don't know. Yeah. Didactic about it because yeah. It it should be a personal experience and a personal journey and what what means uh you know like somebody reading uh I, Paul the apostle Paul like reading that person's take on spirituality is moved by it, right? Like I know so many so many people to whom the words of Paul are like this like balm or this mm. um you know, it's, it's a touch point. It's a thing that they use to connect to their own spirituality. I'm like, why wouldn't you be able to do that with a person who's alive today? Like, why couldn't you listen to a wow. song by Jake Wesley Rogers and feel the queerness in it and feel mm. the, I mean, that, I think that is exactly what happened for me when I heard well, that. Listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have a holy moment for crying out. Yeah. Oh, well, and it's, well, and just, I mean, we know also is as far as like art and imagination, like we know that the image behind you of Jesus is wrong. Like we yeah. know that that's not an accurate, we all of us, yeah. image, and there's like a weird suspension of disbelief that happens where we're like, well, no, yes. this is okay. And this is holy, even though like everyone intellectually kind of has a baseline of knowledge that that's probably not what Jesus, he wasn't Irish, you know, like <laughs> right. pretty sure. And um <laughs> And yet, like, that is part of the canon, you know, like, that yep. is acceptable. And, yeah. that, and then it's yeah. like, yeah, this other, and it's it's funny. And I think, I think that the irony of that is so obvious that challenging it just makes me happy. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Push back against it, that. Because it is so ironic. It like, is. Absolutely. It was just white European people for hundreds of years that were like, this is what it's going to look like. Create God in yeah. our own image. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah, I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying I had like um, one of one of my pastors from that church I went to before college. He came to Nashville like last year, and we just had a very radical conversation about and pretty much the same thing. Like I can't remember the title of this book, but there was this there's this book that's kind of been like adopted by you know so many churches the past ten years, and like it's using a lot of like leadership classes and it it's just kind of like a, a, a standard book that churches use. Mm. Um, and he's like, I don't know what's stopping anyone from putting that at the end of the Bible, because that's what they did for, for hundreds of years right. as the Bible was being compiled. It's like, Oh, this story was finally told. And all these people started reading it. Let's tack it on right to the end. And it's like, and when he said, that, I was like, yeah, like you're right. But it's like, but it's this thing that like ended. 
and it can never be fucked with ever again. Right. Was that Nicaea when we decided that was the end? Is that, the, yeah, that was, the that Nicene, was Nicene whatever creed council. council yeah. Like, yep, oh, this is done now. And a lot of a done. lot of my Bible <laughs> yeah. history has gone out out the window. Right, but... <laughs> something and something. There was a council somewhere. Yeah. Greek, mm. Greek, Bible, Bible, Rome. I don't mm. know. Um, Greek, Greek, Bible, Bible, Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It is arbitrary, really, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term yep. it is arbitrary yeah. and patriarchal and those are my two favorite yeah. things to have in combination mm. cultural <laughs> definers Yay. the venn diagram is a yeah. circle mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yay. and here we are western yeah. religion but thank you so much yeah. old, old white european men um it's it's actually been really uh fascinating watching the responses to the burning of uh, mm. Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, oh, you said that nicely. Oh, thank you. My That's, mother's a French yeah. teacher, so I have to say it properly or wow. she'll be very uh, upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I, I felt sadness when I when I saw those mm. initial uh, videos. Um, you know, I, I, I got to go in high school a couple times and, and um, special moments, sure. Uh, but the flood of grief that, you know, kind of yeah. came out of people from that was at least in at least in the the people that I follow and in you know in in my Twitter stream and my my Facebook threads like there was this real pretty resurgent backlash of um really yeah. folks <laughs> like the we just lost these the the three, three churches, churches in Louisiana from this you know white supremacist who went around and and burned black churches and and there was you know the response was there sorry jake can you hear us i see there yeah i can hear you we we lost our video connection for a second um but uh uh it was really encouraging actually for me to like see the i I just feel like 10 years ago that never would have happened that there would have have occurred to people it wouldn't have occurred to people to think about the fact that we are our response right now is totally tied to our whiteness Mm -hmm. to our Mm -hmm our patriarchal, you know, inclinations and to, um, this religion that has done arguably (laughs) as much damage as it may have done good for people. Mm. Um, and so it was just, I don't know. I was really, I was, I was, I was very happy to see this, this kind of like wave kind of hitting back and saying, no, like, like, okay, sure. Like you can feel the sadness. You can have your, your experience obviously, but, but take a take a beat and think about why you didn't have that response when you mm-hmm. looked at um, communities of color being devastated by fires. Like what what is the difference there? So I don't know. I feel right. like there's really good. Um, I don't know. Good movement happening. We're getting a little faster at recognizing our privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bit by yeah. Bit. I mean, bit by bit. Bitty bitty. Bitty bitty bits. Yeah. I mean, that's like the prime example of like you know this that's like when i go to cathedrals it's kind of this all kind of weird bittersweet thing because i walk around and i'm like none of this is necessary right yeah right it's pretty (laughs) (laughs) so this is like really beautiful and powerful and i'm a slot for stuff like that right but it's like i don't like it's just you don't need it right Mm -hmm. you don't for what for i don't know you don't need it it's yeah. not feeding anyone. It's not. It's not necessary. And then, yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like, 
it is, I mean, I think just historically a tragedy yes, that it right. burned just because it's so old. And But yeah, you kind of have to look around and be like, oh, I think at the same, I feel like the same thing kind of happened, was that three years ago with the, um, the Paris terrorist attack? Mm-hmm. You know, you saw like everyone's Facebook profile was like right. the um, French flag. And then yeah. meanwhile, there's like, all of these mass shootings here that like, I don't know, like it was, I just kind of felt that. And I don't, I feel like I kind of struggle with finding the words to say a lot of times I'm trying to work on that, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think, but I, I agree. Like I did see that backlash, like especially kind of on my Twitter timeline and just like in general, like people, like people actually talking about that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. we had these three churches that were burned down as, you know, by, by a white supremacist. And I didn't really get a New York times notification for Mm -hmm. that. Nope. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So that's step next, right. Is when we care about that before we have something else to compare it to and, you know, have to have a, a relevant white tragedy to draw our attention to. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, the reckonings. So many reckonings Mm. we still have to have. Yeah. Yeah, It takes time. Steps. Hey, heathens, are you enjoying this formidable, paradigm-shifting, boundary-pushing conversation? I certainly hope so, because Karen and I are working hard to introduce you to remarkable people and bring you rollicking conversations that have the power to make you feel less alone and more alive. If you love listening to Heathen, would you consider supporting the show? We're looking for a few folks to chip in a dollar or three or seven each month to help keep the thing going. Join us on Patreon, where in addition to the deeply satisfying knowledge that you are helping construct solid ground for folks taking steps away from bad religion, you will also get exclusive bonus content like sex tips for repressed former fundamentalists from our resident sexpert, Bird Ward. Hi, Bird. A round of Have You Ever with our guests to see who's the most profane. Or even blasphemous Bible trivia with questions like, who is scripture's most notorious masturbator? And which character in the Bible likes to talk out of his ass? Careful, that one's a trick question. Click the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com slash heathenpodcast to join the fam today. And thank you for supporting the godless spirituality that we bring to your ears each week. So can I ask you about, you said you first came out when you were 11? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's, there's about, what, you're 22? Okay, there's like, yeah, there's like 15 years <laughs> age difference between us. Gosh, I'm getting old. Um, you're no! <laughs> and I, I, I'm just, I'm just try, I'm, you know, thinking back on my own experience, like I never, I, I, I would not have even known to call myself gay at age 11. And I think this is yeah. just a... I think it's just because we, it sounds like we grew up in somewhat similar, um, you know, settings. I mean, I, 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 I was in a, a very religious church setting as well. It wasn't Methodist. It was something else, but, um, uh, I'm so like disconnected and just, I just like queerness wasn't a thing that I was even aware of. I, I right. knew, I knew I was different. I could recognize that I had, these impulses and attractions that were like not what my peers appeared to be experiencing. Mm. Um, But 
and and then even between me, my brother is also gay, and he's six only six years younger than me. But even between me and him, he came out in high school, um, which was again a thing that I never. I like it was it was college before I even told anybody, and the way I had to come out was like, oh, I struggle, I struggle with same sex attraction. Um, mm. It wasn't a any kind of like thing I was proud of. So, um, mm. it's just really interesting to me to think about what it must be like at age eleven to like have the the language to know like a little bit about who you are and what you're becoming in the world um and to have like any kind of context is that what what was that like for you like was that because i think it was sorry yeah go ahead no yeah um honestly when i was in sixth grade like glee came out Mm. (laughs) glee (laughs) fifth grade like not just so happy all of a sudden I, I was way but too, like, you I know way what too I mean? old for Glee, like, but I adore Glee. That <laughs> was like one of the, you know, I think no, I was in fifth grade and I was like, mm. whoa, there's a gay person on TV. And I was really into theater. Mm-hmm. So like for some reason, like Rent was my favorite musical in like fourth, fifth grade. And like, that's really, really, really funny in retrospects because it's like, it's okay. I like my daughter. Like, my daughter knows chunks of La Vie Bohème, and she's um, six. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, you know, like it's fine. I think I was like literally singing it all, and yeah. Um, I honestly think it was that kind of like it just it kind of normalized it for me. Mm-hmm. So like re- representation. Yeah, look at <laughs> that. Representation literally matters this is why this shit matters kids yeah exactly and that's why like now i think about it i'm like oh my god like gay kids are 13 like now in 2019 like that's radical like i remember i went and saw like love simon with my boyfriend and Mm. they're like oh yeah like it was really it was really cute but then we're like wait this is like amazing Mm -hmm. that like young kids have this kind of like teen movie yeah um and obviously it'll take time to be more like i can't wait to see like gay movies where it's not just about like coming out but right um that'll also take time yeah but it felt like a step in the right direction Mm. um so yeah i i do truly think it was like the level of representation i had and also like i remember in sixth grade like doing a bunch of theater and obviously everyone is gay and (laughs) Um, I just like got to ask a lot of questions really young yeah, to people that were like, you know, like 16, 17. And that were like, that were willing to answer them. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think I, yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just like my key differences are because theater kid as well. (laughs) Um, but Christian school. So my theater, Mm. (laughs) you know, we probably, a lot of us probably were gay, um, but nobody was talking about Boy, it. Ain't that no, the yeah, truth, I mean, nobody had That's any. That's where you find everyone in the closet is yeah, Christian I theater. Still, I still have questions yeah. about some of the people I went to school with who, you know, you're like still Facebook friends with them or whatever, and they're not yeah. like whatever that's a whole other conversation. But, but so that's a key difference was just not having any even peers or people in the a few years above me who were willing to talk about it. And then the representation in the world, like for me, it was, it was Ellen. Like Ellen came out when I was kind of wow. in, in, at, at that age, hmm. but even that was so, um, I mean, it was a big pop cultural moment, obviously. My, hmm. my family was very um, anti 
participating in pop culture. I wasn't allowed to listen to like Amy Grant was was as as secular as we got, and uh, amazing. I mean, I'm still a huge Amy Grant fan to this day. Oh yeah, um, I've seen her a couple times here. It's uh, yeah, we just saw her. Karen and I just saw Amy, her a couple weeks come ago. Come on a podcast with oh, yeah, us. We, yeah, we desperately want to interview Amy. Um, I mean, I'm no. Actually, I was like, I feel like Nashville is so small. I'm like. Could probably try to find some. Oh yeah, if you run into her anywhere though, like yeah. if you can drop. Okay, her if it ever happens, I will always do my best. Thank beautiful. you so much. You're, You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like that was that was as secular as my world got. So I had to. I remember um, having to sneak and watch the. It was called the puppy episode. Ellen's coming out episode, um, and 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 you know I, I was very conflicted about it because I was I was being taught that this was. A, wrong and a sin and Ellen was going to hell and um so so even like the representation I did have was this thing that was you know shat upon by Mm. uh by everyone around me and so Mm. it was it was okay well this is I guess I can't I can't do this I can't do what Ellen's doing because I don't want to go to hell geez that sounds horrible um so it's crazy to learn that so young yeah yeah we were actually just having a little conversation um about <laughs> Easter week on Instagram. <laughs> Karen had to just leave an Instagram rant. Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I just was reading, I was scrolling Instagram today and I was reading something that a gal put on there where she was saying she, uh, she was, she made a little model of the crucifixion with her children and she was having them pin Jesus to the cross and talk about their sins for which Jesus had to die and like the sins they'd committed. And, just the mm-hmm. idea of teaching children that like they have committed sins for which they deserve to be publicly tortured and murdered is harsh. Like mm-hmm. that's just, mm-hmm. that's a harsh, uh, it is, it is interesting how deep culture is entrenched in, in the idea that that's normal mm-hmm. to teach to small children. Like yeah. that's a, that there's something so dark and mm-hmm. evil in you at six that, you know, God had to die in this brutal, awful way, which is what you deserved. And um, just, uh, whew, yeah. that's some messaging right there. Yeah. 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 I mean, forget tarot cards. Like, that's some witchy shit right there. Right. Exactly. Know? That's like, maybe <laughs> do not engage. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's tricky. Well, and it is interesting. Like, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I, I love, like, I feel like we're just now starting to get, like, to the point in TV and film, and I think Netflix especially does a good job with this, where you have like main characters who are queer and that's not the point. Like uh-huh. that's not the main plot point, right. Um, right. which is lovely. But um, I am curious to see, you know, cause I've got a first grader and I'm curious to see what that looks like right now when they play, when they have weddings, they're as likely to have same sex weddings as they are to have hetero weddings and with wow. their dolls, which is cool. And it's, I haven't taught her that. That's just observational. That's what her friends do. And so, amazing. yeah, I'm really interested to see how that evolves and what that looks like when she's 11 and when she's 16 and hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like the trajectory is sharp right now. Like it's fast. It's changing quickly. Yeah, which it really is, is. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much changing. And then I feel like because it changed so fast, like there's a backlash, which totally. is kind of, it goes back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. We do get that. Don't we? Yes. When, the when, pendulum. Yeah, when people who are scared of the change feel it and see it as, as much as it's happening. Right. They, yeah. That's when you get the. Yeah. 
That's I'm watching. <laughs> oh, it's rough. I'm watching all of the Pete Buttigieg stuff with my like this energy, like my fingers crossed and my yeah. I just you know it's that whole. It's so gorgeous and so yeah. great, and he's so phenomenal. And I so distrust the evangelical core of this country. And yeah. Wait, what is it? The uh, presidential candidate from Indiana, Pete Buttigieg. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes. Okay, cool. It's wild to have like the vice president be who he is from Indiana, and then to have this other person. <gasps> yeah, from I actually thought about that. Like the same state. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're just and they really kind of talk to each other through the media a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. like Pete especially. <laughs> Um, and it's just it, that juxtaposition is, I mean, it's good. It's good for this country to see and have, because I, yeah. if you only have the, you know, I don't even like saying his name, but the Pence's of the world, uh, talking about what spirituality or Christianity or faith means when it relates to queerness, mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, you got, I just, I love that we've yeah got somebody on the main stage right now who is just really combating that you know, yeah he's i mean he's yeah. sort of the indiana pendulum swing he's let mm-hmm. come back from the, the yeah. swung all the way that way and now a voice comes and a cry yeah. comes and everybody goes oh hell no actually <laughs> fuck you you know what you're represent. um so yeah i am i just can't wait for like the first gay president well right. well people know. are gonna say that and then I'll, and but then i'll say It'll be the second gay president because Abraham Lincoln was actually <laughs> very <Yeah>. clear. <laughs> and people are very comfortable not talking about that. I know, right? Unless, um, except for on Will and Grace. Oh, yeah, except for Will and except, Grace. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Abraham Twinkin. I was like, I was very into Abraham Lincoln as a kid, which is like so funny hmm. now. That so is like, funny. I wonder if I just like thought. Somehow. Well, I lived in Illinois for a little bit. And, okay, like, yeah. He's everywhere yeah. there. And yeah, it's like no one talks about how queer. Abraham Lincoln was. <laughs> Will and Grace is the first I'd heard of that. Honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. This is the first time I was interested. I'm glad in they're. This. I'm then, glad they're bringing that. Yeah, it's nice. Then, yeah, that is why we need Will and Grace. Yeah. That is, that if, if people ask that question, why do we still need that show? That's, <laughs> that's why. why. No one knew that Abraham Lincoln was gay. There, that's the reason. There you go. Um, Obviously, we still need the first open gay president. But. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we For desperately sure. need that, and the first one, and, and really, the first... The, and then we need the second one because I think a lot of times yeah. the first one, I mean, second one, yes, Abraham Lincoln, but then also we need the one that comes after the first <laughs> open one because I think often the first one then sends that pendulum swinging mm, the other direction, right. and so it's when we can do it again. That's yeah. when I start being like, okay, look, we may have adjusted now to yeah. a new normal, right? Like we may yeah. be. We may be getting somewhere when we can be consistent. Yes. Well, speaking of pendulum swings, we've swung way away from your music in this conversation. Yeah, oh, can, can we talk about songs? <laughs> Which is great. It's just great. That's all we do It's on this show is just have tangents, and we're fine with it. Yeah. But I, I, I really desperately need to talk to you about... <laughs> <laughs> about Jacob from about the Bible? About Jacob from the Bible, because this song means so much to me. I just, I, I seriously, oh, I love it so you. much. It's like... There's probably not. There probably hasn't been a day that's gone by since I first heard it, which was whenever I've emailed you. And that was probably almost a month ago <laughs> now. Um, that I haven't listened to it. It's so mm. fucking all those good. San Diego streams are. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my god. Yeah, yeah when yeah, you yeah. look at your oh, little Spotify, every, you'll see this every little stream. This little blip, blip from San Diego. That's just. Me. I'll pull up the him. like the I'll pull up the thing like the Spotify stuff later and. <laughs> it'll probably yeah it'll probably Tell say so. yeah i'll just like send you a screenshot it'll be yeah. like someone in san diego is really into this song <laughs> hit me um <laughs> so i i mean i i 
I know what the song has has meant to me. I mean, just the 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 themes starting with speaking to mother, the mother figure. I mean, that's mm. a big deal in 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 my life and my story. But I talk about my mom on this podcast a lot. Actually, she um, mm. plays a still plays a very big role in my <laughs> coming to terms with my own spirituality and my own you know, just who I am in the world. But um, so like, I think that was one of the initial things that just like you know connected with me and hooked me and then you come in with that chorus and it's just like the whale you know the soul mm. like there's just like a oh it's just big mm. and powerful and and so moving and i i just want to hear like where where that song came from and and how mm. how did you do that that's it's an amazing feat <laughs> and i love it so much you're, you're so kind thank you i i mean i I always, I keep a note of just kind of like, you know, as you're walking around and, you know, like song ideas, song, like whatever. And I wrote, I think I wrote like down maybe my journal or something. And I was like, Jacob in the Bible. Because, well, I remember, like I have memories of asking my mom, like why my name is Jacob. Mm -hmm. And she'd say, you're Jacob from the Bible. Hmm. He's very strong. Um, He's a very strong character in the Bible. And I think I had a project in like second grade where we'd like research our name. And like, that was the answer I got. Hmm. Um, and yeah. And then I, I, uh, well, I went to like, it's a kind of Christian school in Nashville. I, they would, they're a Christian school, but it's like very, it's, it's not like the scary Christian college. Right. Like it's very, 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 very open. Um, hmm. Like you, if you want it, it's there, but it's not down your throat. But anyway, you did have to take a Bible class though. Like it was kind of like an understanding the Bible, like um, just historical overview. And, and I, I learned in that class, like Jacob, like that name actually just means like liar, hmm. cheater, like, mm. um, which is funny to me. And I think I remember that. So I wrote it down like around, around that time. And this was like last summer. And I was kind of just in like the thick of, really diving deep into trauma Mm. and every, every, you know, everything I kind of gone up, gone through up to that point. And, and that day I, I, I do a lot of like co-writing in town. Like that's, that's my job really is just to kind of write. And Mm. that day I was writing with this, this guy, Curtis, who had written with before he was in town from LA and, he brought an acoustic. I don't usually. I probably with piano like all the time, but he brought an acoustic guitar, um, and I never write with guitar. So sometimes when people do, like it just kind of like brings out something new and fun. Yeah, so we actually wrote that song on acoustic guitar, and you know he's just kind of playing these like really because the chords are very simple. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think they're literally the same chords as "How He Loves" by um, John Mark <laughs> Mellon, which is so funny to me. Um, <laughs> Like very, very, very simple, but, and I mean, this doesn't happen a lot, but it really just fell out Mm. of me. And I mean, that's only like 2% of the time that happens. And and like, it was one of those kind of like, Oh, like I just felt it coming out and Mm. like something was kind of passing through me and sweet little Curtis um, was just along for the ride and kind of let me, steer the ship and I was like okay this is exactly what the song is about and this is exactly what I need to say 
Um, so I wrote, I think I wrote the first verse in the chorus. And I was like, wow. Like that, I don't know. Was, I just had a lot to reconcile with what happened growing up. Mm. And yeah, like I'm, I'm very close with my mom too. And when I was home a couple of years ago, I started working music really young, like when I was 16, mm. like 15, 16. Like that's when it was like, okay, this is my like, quote unquote career right um and when i was home once mom was like i feel like you had to grow up so fast and she was kind of like apologizing for it Mm -hmm. um even though they never like pushed me in a like a stage parent way it was always they were just very supportive but i think and it makes sense as a parent to kind of feel like guilt for that like oh my kid like and i mean that was kind of mourning the loss of like i feel like when i was 16 i kind of stopped having teenage fun you know mm. it was like just going forward so i just kind of addressed that and then and then i was like holy shit my first boyfriend's name was jacob <laughs> and then and that was just that was kind of like a wow can i say that can i talk about that like only like probably five people know that mm. um and i'm being very honest like his name was literally jacob yeah. um but he's also a secret you know like mm. This was between the like first time coming out and the second time coming out. Right. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out with my friend Jacob. Yeah, I'm gonna sleep over with my friend Jacob. Yeah. You know, it's kind of all that. Um and even though he literally doesn't matter at all <laughs> now. <laughs> it's a pretty like shitty Old relationship. Yeah. Pretty shitty relationship. But yeah. um it was just kind of part of the like story. And it's a very, I feel like I don't obviously hear country music at all, but like it's a very kind of like country songwriting thing mm-hmm. to like, you know, you have the first chorus. It's like, I'm no Jacob of the Bible. And then the second chorus is like, let's, let's take the same line, right. but like make it about Twist something it. else. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love the art of songwriting. Like it's just so, it's so fun. And this project kind of like was way more story based than I've ever done. And mm. I love that, you know, and then, in the end, it's just, it really, it brings, obviously I've sang it for my mom a lot and she's heard it a lot. And, you know, she's like, I cry every time I hear it. And I was like, hmm. I cry every time I sing it. <laughs> Matthew cries every time he hears it. And I mean, there's just a lot of tears I, well, <laughs> with this song. Just, well, and I, I, like, it really was just a piano, a piano song yeah. for like a year. Like, none of the extra stuff we did and then we actually went to record it and i was like oh this can just be like a really okay. powerful like dramatic thing and that's when it came in more fun so now it kind of feels like a triumph yeah. when i perform it which is mm-hmm. fun it's like you know and uh something happens on the bridge too like whenever i sing it live i i think i wrote it in a time where obviously it was uh, I just had a couple close instances to friends that were that, that dealt with um, sexual assault, mm. and I've actually never really talked about this, but and like the "I don't want to be held down by a heavenly man" was like every time I sing that, I just kind of yeah. like that's where my mind always goes, wow. and it's like. I don't know. I I don't really know how to explain it, mm. but I don't. I don't even know why I really wrote it. Mm. 
from that lens, but it was just around me at that time. And just seeing people you love who've been so hurt by someone in that way is just, that was my only way to kind of process it. Right. Right. Yeah. That really, I, I think it, I mean, there's, I think that comes through, at least it did for me uh, when I was listening, especially to that line. And I think I, I yeah, I think one of the things I love about this song is that it, it, it's dealing with these relationships that are, you know, mother, lover, like abuser, like there's, Mm. it's, um, there's so many angles to kind of come into and find yourself and find your story. And I think, um, I mean, I was with that line, uh, that you just referenced that I don't want to be held down by a heavenly man that, that, I mean, obviously there's that, that it's a, it's a gorgeous way to talk about Jacob from the Bible mm-hmm. and, and his, his, re- that too. That, yeah. That rest- and his brother. Yes. Well, yeah. With yeah Esau. And then there's also the, Oh gosh, the cat just fell. Sorry. Um, oh. <laughs> I have the most high maintenance cat in the history of cats. It's very it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the wrestling, the the famous, you know, Jacob wrestles with God all night long, and and mm, I and I think yeah. of that being pinned, that Jacob being pinned down in that way, and just the the struggle that we go through in our, at least for me, like that, this is what's on my mind. But there was that, there was that flip side too of like, there's this like human, very very human violence that we do, um, yeah, to each other, and and I mean, yeah, I don't. I think I think a lot of us have our stories um, of of sexual assault and and um, you know yeah. sexual abuse and 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 something that I haven't talked about on this podcast either. But um, there's just I don't know. I'm just I'm 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 so grateful, and it's it's really grateful or really great to hear you talk about it as a triumph as well because. There could be a lot of tragedy in that song, you know, mm. but yeah, but the way, yeah, the way you've, I was going to ask about the production choices as well, just because that does the way you, that chorus just swells and becomes this, uh, I don't know, a wave, just this wave that kind of washes over you. It is so like healing and holy and mm. it's spiritual. It's so spiritual. <laughs> that's, that's Thank what the song is. So I just, I love it so much. Mama, forgive me, I grew up too fast But that's not on you, it's in the past And you're not wrong, I might be strong But I'm no digger from the Bible
I mean, we'll, we'll put a little bit of it in the, in the podcast, obviously to tease people and get them to go like <laughs> down, download the whole album. And, and, um, oh. uh, cause it's all so good. I love the pretender. I love that song as well. The whole mm. thing is just so fantastic, but. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's quite an accomplishment. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I'm we like, like it. Is basically. No. <laughs> what yeah. It's what it's crazy. It's out because it's been like I you know I spent a couple years writing it. Mm. Um, hmm. And and then it's finally out. And then it's there. I know. It's, it's yeah. Uh, it's uh. Well, you're you're actually t- we we didn't tell you, but we're, you're talking to two songwriters as well. Karen, uh, Karen writes uh, and, and has done a lot of co-writing. <laughs> Get a third over the one years. wandering around in the background. Yeah, got- so if you ever need an excuse to come to San Diego, hey, yeah, let's, let's do a whole thing. That's we'll amazing. Put you right to work. Come on yeah. out. Um, I'd love it. So yeah, this has just been fantastic. Um, before we we let you go, I do want to just make sure you get a chance to like plug anything you want to plug or just direct direct <laughs> direct people to where yeah, where they can find you your instagram account you. is gorgeous so people need to be oh, there oh sure. the instagram account is amazing yeah it's beautiful and it really oh. does have that that kind of like religious um <laughs> like just iconography but it's like queered up and it's your it's like you like you have your voice well that's one of those things that i was like i i literally kind of hate instagram most of the sure. time but <laughs> don't we all um but I was, and people were like, it looks, and I'm like, all I did was do like, I picked a color. Right. I picked red. You, I did like three photo shoots with red. Yeah. And then. <laughs> you were intentional. But it is, I mean, it's, it's all fine. Yep. And it's fun. But, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I just, I just put out that EP and you can follow me on Instagram. Mm. Jake Wesley Rogers. And we'll put the links the full in the show notes for sure. So to make it easy for people. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't have any like on the books touring things yet, but all it's right. all, all in the works. Beautiful. Okay. So I, I hope the best way to hear about it is yeah. Through Instagram. So. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Consider Southern yeah. California as you're yeah. planning your tours. We will. Um, of course. You've... I do come to LA like a few times a year. So. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So we, we I literally couldn't tell you how far that is for, but... on a whim. Oh, so we're yeah. Gladly... Let us know if you're in LA. We'll come up. Oh my god. We'd love I that. would love that. We will rally the troops. Yep. Um, <laughs> another party bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a party bus. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that implies you've had a party bus before. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, uh, Matthew's band. They the the fans are. <laughs> A beautiful force of nature. This little core group of fans. They really they, are. They put together these amazing. <laughs> they surprised me. Every time. They did a bus the last time, yeah. and it was like the the girl boy party bus, and it was a beautiful thing. So it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, it's, I've it's, never been on a party bus. I keep. I was like, can we just borrow them for other yeah. events? Can I borrow your fans for other things? <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> you use them for this. I need that kind of energy in my life. But in Nashville, we have. Um, Pedal taverns. Have you seen? Oh them? yes, yeah, yeah, we've got one of those. You have them here. Around. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was just like a shitty Nashville thing. So <laughs> yeah, no. anywhere anywhere. you've got tourists, <laughs> yeah. ours is probably have margaritas on most of them. But it's beer. Yeah. It's a beer, beer thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have these like tr- like fucking tractors that people just like like probably pay like fifty dollars to sit Sounds on and right. like drive through downtown Nashville. It's like a grown up hay like, ride. Yep. Literally, it's like, and I live on Music Row, so I don't get a lot of it, but like, I do just kind of like, it'll be like, 
1 p.m. and there'll just be like people going so hard while like Shania Twain is like playing so loud. <laughs> and I was like kind of sitting on my porch like, wow. And here you are. <laughs> I feel yeah. like a woman. Exactly. Yeah, more power it. though. They're having more fun than I am probably. Yeah, so. right. There you go. Yeah. No, okay, so no Instagram all places. We did that. We yeah. talked about the things. Yeah. Everyone's going to go listen and follow you on Spotify and do all of those things. Yeah, Spotify, and Apple, music, Apple Music, whatever. Buy. Whatever. Can we buy your music? Can you? I literally do? don't. I literally don't know if you can buy MP3. I do have merch on my website now, though. Okay. Yes, you um, do. There's... Which, Matthew, thank you for ordering. <laughs> yes, we got the tarot um, cards. You can get your own tarot cards, folks. I have candles. And stuff. <gasps> I saw the candle. So, That's the next uh, one I'm getting. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful. Um, oh, yeah, you got keychains. Yeah. You got t-shirts. Look at you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Look at you. Okay, everybody I know. I shop. actually, like, did it. I was doing homemade merch for a long time, and I was like, I think I need to, like, right? make, Forget actually... This. Do the real thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. You've done well. Well, if people Thank want, you know, you. folks want it. Like that's what I did. I, when, once you become a little obsessed with somebody, you gotta own. You gotta have a T-shirt <laughs> have or something. Stuff. Plus, I think oh. we all need it. I'm not a holy man keychain. Like I feel like that's mm. just something that we need. Yeah, it's perfect. Gorgeous. None of none of us are. No, it's true. All right, love. Well, thank you so so much. Thank you so much. Good. I'm so grateful that you'll. Had me on this to talk about important things. Oh, Thank you for saying yes. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, keep in touch. Let us know. Let us know when you're here. We'll come With up. an email subject like that. Like, <laughs> How can you possibly? I'll always reply. <laughs> I was really inspired by that because I struggle with email subject. Up until like probably last year, I literally called my mom like, what do I make this up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom. So, I love it. Um, That's awesome. So I, that kind of encouraged me to be more bold. Yeah, just go those. extreme. You know, I mean, yeah, all I mean, in. But- the worst that happens is they never respond to you and whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Life goes on. That's mm. amazing. No. Well, thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. I hope you have a good weekend. Happy. Yeah.